This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. This is Off the Rails Friday. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, David Sisboomba, and the legendary Sammy McKee. Next two hours, lots of fun. Of course, what is Off the Rails Friday without Doug McLean? He'll be by in the next uh, 45 minutes. Between then and now, Gord Stellick will also join us. Leaf Nation pre and post game. And then Colby Armstrong in the second hour, man. This, this is a w- classic Friday oh, for it's us. It's going to fly. So it's going to fly. Do you how fast, what a beast. How fast do you want to get this off the rails? <laughs> uh, really hold on. Oh. Hold on. Yeah. I never do this until we're up right up against it. So I'm going to tell everybody that it's Friday. So text and tweet questions mm. will come in. Yeah. So warm them up. I got a bunch Let of us know so far. Before Sammy officially uh, derails this thing. Right now. Boys, I just went out to our kitchen here in the palatial studios of Sportsnet. Yes. And to fill up a water bottle that I found here because there's no cups. <laughs> and you saw mouse? They, I don't know if someone brought their raccoon into the kitchen in there. The smell in the kitchen right now, boys. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> could gag a maggot out there. <laughs> what an expression. <laughs> oh, I'm not yeah. the least curious to search it. To no. seek and search. I walked in there. I was like, I got punched in the face with it. It was like, oh, You know, boy. I ate in the cafeteria today, and they were serving fish. And I thought, I won't, bring that, I won't bring that up to the desk. I'm going to eat that down here today to spare everyone. Okay. So, you, so I'm they thinking serve summer wasn't fish. as courteous as my guest. No, they serve fish at the calf, and you got it. Yeah. Is that what, <laughs> the finest tilapia so? caught in Lake Ontario, <laughs> which you can't get. If I'm an executive upstairs right now and I'm listening to you too, yeah. I'm having security usher you oh, out right now. What do you mean? I got the fish in the cafeteria. What's, yeah. I support what's going on here. <laughs> You're telling everybody our building stinks oh. and the fish is no good. I did not comment I, on the quality. I enjoyed I. my fish. What did it come with? Uh, artichoke and a little Mediterranean salad for a side. Wow, not too bad. Oh, it was good. Was Oof, it worth you're lagging uh, the juice? Twenty nine ninety five. I didn't come here to be, you know, <laughs> interrogated in my lunch. All right, we got plenty to get into, including Radam Zohorna. <laughs> Can I say that right? I to know it. Radim, Can I say that? Radim Zohora. Yeah. Mm, Zohorna. Zohorna. What I say? Zohora. Oh, Zohorna. <laughs> Will it be Zohorny on the puck on the weekend? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Well, sounds He's, like he might play. Yeah, the only za is going to be for the pizza he's eating in the press box, boys. I don't think we're... Is he going to get in? Well, Simmer's sick. That's why he's called up. Wayne okay. Simmons is uh, on the shelf. Well, he's been sick. So, um, they're, you know, they called up uh, Redeem on a emergency basis. And, you know, if Simmer can't go to Ottawa, you need a certain amount of forwards to play in a game. You know, you go 11-7 and seven or whatever, you're still short a guy. So, if Simmons can't go, this guy's going. Get him in. He's played NHL yeah, games. Right. Would you want to hear the coach talk about him? Well, hold I on. Do. Uh, yeah. First, I want to hear Kipper. No, just uh, did he recently come in yeah. off a trade with Hunt? Hunt. Correct. He's a uh, Malgan, right? Malgan for Hunt. Hunt for Zahorna. This is new. Mal- He's 6'6. Malgan grew a foot. He's 6'6. <laughs> yeah. It's like a two for one. <laughs> two players for one. Yeah. There's a lot of person. Okay. That's here. Sheldon Keefe on our first off the rails. Kipper's Clipper.
Uh, I don't know a lot. Uh, <laughs> in so I feel no guilt then. <laughs> Start the clip again. I've derailed things. Start the clip again. Uh, I don't know a lot. Really. That's it. Because of the stimulus situation. No, no, play it, play it, play it. Uh, I don't know a lot. Really. Uh, because of the stimulus situation, it kind of crept up on us late. So he arrived here in the building late and it was kind of rushed getting him here and sort of diverting him from Marley's practice to here. But uh, I know when they acquired him, a guy uh, with skill has played in the league before in both Pittsburgh and Calgary. And um, yeah, so you know we'll uh, we'll see how how things go throughout today and tomorrow, and make a determination on the lineup. But it certainly was nice if we are going to use him that you know we got him into a practice and get him familiar here. I mean, he didn't even know. How to, how to get into the building and get to get, get to this side of the building, I should say, and how to get in. So you know, and uh, he's new for me and new for all of our staff on this side of the building. So a lot going on there with him, but it's certainly you know beneficial to get him into practice. So Sounds like he'll be a different speaker. Just, just when you thought tryouts were over. Well, the reason I brought this up, fellas, and the reason I put the clip in there and wanted to talk about it is feels a little thin up front for the Leafs. I know they got a couple guys out. Simmons is hurt, but like, you know, Simmons is now seems to be involved a lot. Like there was a stretch there where he didn't play at all for how long did he go between games? Three weeks where he wasn't playing at all. I know O'Reilly's hurt. I know Achari's hurt. I think it's pretty standard now that, you know, he's just was always going to be this part-time player. Who, Simmons? Yeah. Yeah, but like. Don't you feel that like he's a, a little, little bit more important than yeah. well, you know he what should I, be? Yes. I think they know what the guys that they have been calling up are. Like, they know what Holmberg is and Steve's is and Abruzzisi. Like, those guys still exist, right? They're still around. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think this is like, a, okay, Zahorna has, this year he's actually had good numbers, guys. He's got 30 points in 40 games in the American League. You know, at a six foot six guy putting up three quarters of a point a game, six, you know, give him a chance, 26 years old. So you don't think... 33 NHL games? So if you don't think there's a couple injuries in a playoff game, we're seeing old Redeem in there. I don't think there's any chance. Okay. Yeah, I think you're... Can we get through the weekend, first of all, and just see? Well, yeah. We know, we know more injuries. How do you protect people? Achari, O'Reilly? Yeah, and Achari, Achari apparently has uh, is dealing with some whiplash, neck issues. Oh, boy. That scares me. After I'll be that, honest. After that, that makes me weird run-in... Was it, who was it that he ran into? Like, oh, Pooley Arvey. Remember when he had oh, that yeah. collision in the middle of the ice yeah, with Pooley Arvey against Carolina? So, yeah, like, neck. Like, you know it's what the next... ones con- that could the- be 10 minutes or yeah. 10 months. You know what the neck's connected to? The head. Yeah. Don't like that. That's And for a guy that... Muzzin's can- a cervical spine thing yeah. from a weird head hit. And if you want a guy that's going to be playing the way you want him to play, you want him feeling good up top. Like he hasn't been in a car yes. accident? Correct. Should we listen to Sheldon talk about an update on the lineup? Sure. Okay, let's go. Uh, Simmons is just sick today, so we'll just see how he is for throughout the remainder of the day and make a decision on whether to whether we can or if we should get him out to Ottawa. Um, and then Achari, that his plan today was just to get back implemented with the group in, in this in the pre-practice setting and work with guys there. But there was never a plan for him to be in practice, so that was all scheduled today. And we'll just see he's not going to be available this weekend. So um, we'll uh, just continue to, to you know inch him along. And again, similar to O'Reilly, but different injuries, but similar in the sense that we just want to be be certain that those guys are feeling 100% before back in. It is, uh, Inch him along. Okay. So it seems precautionary. 
seems like they have to be pretty good, precautious. And if you're uh, being cautious this time of year, it's good because, you know, there's not a ton to play for. It is interesting that they have a portion of ice time called pre-practice. Yeah, he's a part of the pre-practice. He's practicing for practice now. Yeah, he's getting the, yeah they, guess, they have a million employees, so they have to justify you know half of them. So they're like, go <laughs> out there for pre-practice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clifford's still in the mix, right? I'm just looking at their AHL lineup. He is, yeah. Yeah. He's on their third is he, line. Is he up? No. No. Why, did you get an no. indication that he might be? No, no. I'm just, no. I'm he hasn't just... been up all year. They've got an interesting lineup. They've got that of Chinnikov, who just came across yeah. from overseas, and Tverberg just signed from uh, Sis's boy. I see him perk up over there from college. From part time. They just signed him. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting to watch this year with Wayne Simmons, where there's about a thousand reasons why we thought he'd be out, but he constantly comes back in. It's not at a rate that you've seen ever before. For me, anyways, I've been around this game a long time. For someone to sit on the sidelines for like six weeks, three weeks, four weeks between games and then come in and play, I mean, it's unique. Maybe that's just the world of uh, the salary cap now. Uh, A flat one at, albeit a flat one, but I just, for me, it probably stems more to, I think, the players around him yeah. to say, yeah, I, I feel better if you put Wayne in. I, I think that's what's happening. That's just my guess. Yeah. I don't have any inside information on this that Matthews or Marner or Riley or any of the big boys are going up to Sheldon and saying, hey, put Wayne in. Feels we want like, Wayne. But I think I think the vibe is there. For me, like it, my guess is relationship management with Simmons. Like when they agreed to a two-year 900K deal – you know, it was probably with some understanding that he, Wayne wasn't going to be the most integral part of the second half of that deal. But Wayne doesn't want to go play for the Marlies. They're trying to, they don't want to burn him at the end of his career. I don't know, just trying to keep him happy. And yeah, you need body sometimes. So, you know, think Wayne Simmons has had a wonderful career. Don't want to knock him. But I'm not sure right now he's better than any of the guys, you know, whether it's Holmberg or yeah. whoever you want to call up. I think it's just a respect out of his career. Well, and no, I think there's, there has to be some value in there to th- suggest that. Sure, he does that, something that, that other Tampa, people don't Tampa do. Tampa would look differently at Wayne than they would Aston Reese or, or anyone else. Sure. Including Zahorna. You'd be Zahorna. Not to. Zahorna. No, like, if you're on the ice with Pat Maroon... And he's running around doing dumb stuff for at his least. Eight at least Wayne night. will go talk to That's him. That's what I mean. For his eight minutes a night, you're probably going to feel more comfortable if you have Wayne Simmons in there doing the similar thing to their guys. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So we saw the Senators are hurting a little bit last night. I don't know if you caught uh, any of that. Uh... What a mess of a game that was. Yeah, they had uh, Philly had no sh- four shots. Like, what, with 10 minutes to go well, in the third period or something? I was flipping around all the different games, and I wasn't paying a lot of attention to that one, and I flipped off of it when it was, like, the shots were 34 to 6. Yeah. With, like, 15 minutes left in the third period. There were The Sens were up 4-1. I'm like, this one's done. And then I looked at it. They went, what is it, 5-4 in overtime? Ports yeah. didn't coach. He just sat in the press box, let the assistant coach get some reps, it's, and sit with Briere. It's a great job, eh? Well, your team's out of it. And you're like, I'm just going to watch tonight. Front row seats. <laughs> Uh, Derek Broussard went down. Last I heard, he was in surgery. Surgery? Yeah. Bad, eh? Wow, just yeah, messed up. Ankle? Something? Yeah. 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 So he's right? lost. Hamannick left, never came back either. So we'll see what kind of lineup they have against uh, the Leafs tomorrow night. Um, 
as far as O'Reilly is concerned? Do we think he's got the green light this weekend, or is we still think he'll he, today he'll was sit his, him out? Today was his first full practice. He was wearing the red sweater. So I don't think they want any contact with him yet. So I'd be stunned if he played in any games this weekend. But you got Ottawa and Detroit in Columbus next Wednesday. You're at home next. versus Columbus on Wednesday. That might be Wednesday his, or Tuesday. Uh, whatever the fourth is. Yeah, I think that's yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So, so that sets up for a, a Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander showing tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> you okay with that? It's all right. Uh, all reliable. Oh, it's worked so great in the past. Might as well go back to it. I don't flex know. seal. <laughs> I need a little flex seal right now. You need something better than flex and seal. And stop leaks fan. <laughs> Sounds like it depends, Ed. Uh, we want to go to uh, a clip from Sheldon talking about uh, Willie Nylander. Yeah, I do. Let's see what he has to say. All right. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I think he's, you know, I've seen signs of him, you know, skating well and being on the puck. Um, I think he's got a much better understanding now at this, at this stage of this, of his career and certainly in this season with how it's gone for him, his understanding of what he needs to do to succeed and how to reconnect with that. So it's just a matter of him continue to work through it. You know, I agree with that. Yeah. It's funny. So I wrote an article today on managing your relationship with your coach and just like, you know, when you come off the ice, remember Bunting? More lunches? What's that? More More lunches together? I don't think so. Maybe a movie? Bunting comes off the ice the other day and Keith yells at him and Bunting doesn't really look at him, whatever. Keith says that's fine. You saw Maurice lay into his guys. You saw Bonus roll his eyes at Shifley. You know, there is some management of that relationship with your coach. It's so different depending on who you are in the team, though. It's not house hockey. It's not equal across the board. Like McKinnon yelled at Bednar in playoffs last year. Remember, like going yes. right at him and Bednar's like, just do your job. You know, like they were fine because he's Nathan McKinnon. But, you know, Zach Aston Reese doesn't get to yell at his coach like that because of role on the team is relevant, right? Yeah, but that's been around for a long time, it right? It has. It has. Yeah. But I'm saying there's this middle tier of guys who aren't the superstars and aren't the guys who don't matter. Because those guys, you can't even bench them. The guys don't care who are potential whipping boys. My point here is Willie used to be in that pocket. But I think Willie has become one of the superstars that doesn't take the abuse. The coach doesn't beat him up like he used to. Well, he's been playing. He's had his best year. And yeah, the most recent thought on Willie is, hey, where you been for a dozen games right now? If if he's got two goals, maybe. But his co- you're right. right. But his coach says, I think he knows what. But you you're, you're not you're not discounting that he's had his best year of his career sure. so far. That's and, relevant. And numbers aside, he has never looked better than mm-hmm. this season when it comes to uh, his overall look, the skating, yeah, and now the element of of strength and power and. At times, attitude. I don't know. Remember when he punched somebody or he st- stuck somebody behind the net? I oh, mean, yeah, just threw an elbow. Threw an elbow. It's delightful. Just looks that we've never seen before. That automatically takes you to another level. Got and I, I think that's where, where, where Sheldon is, that he did move himself up into, yeah, you can be a star. You can be a superstar in this league. And we've, we've seen signs of it for the first time, really, yeah. as a package. So... Willie's taken himself out of the whipping boy status. Pierre Engvall gets traded. You have to have someone as a coach. Bunting. Wow. Bunting is now your middle six guy that takes abuse. Yeah, but that, I really believe too that you got to 
look at the big picture mm-hmm. and Willie's a year away f- from being unrestricted. Bunting also has the option of going, hey, yeah, I'm, Sheldon and I have known each other for forever, um, but I don't know, in two months does Bunting go, the guy took away my ice time. He took away the, my number one line. Go play with Goodrow and why, line. Why am, I, why am I signing here? Yeah. Well, according to Frank Cervelli, he's the number one free agent this offseason. So. Uh, did Frank mention that it might be, and this is not to disrespect yeah. bunting, but it's one of the weakest UFA oh, he did. lists, yes. right? In yeah. Maybe a long, long time. That, like that, I, the, it's slim, slim picking. If you're bunting, you're like, oh, thank God. I balked at the headline. He caught me with the headline. I was like, there is simply no way. And then I went and read through it. And I'm like, wow, oh, there's a case. <laughs> like, there is a way. I mean, but is he going to get, is he a bigger free agent than Patty Kane or Ryan O'Reilly? That's the two ones you, you wonder on. But anyways. But I, I don't think, like, it, it's a timing issue. If, if you have been beating up bunting a little bit, Sheldon's got to time this thing now, right? Yeah, you, I'm there's, feeling there's, good for playoffs. Exactly. If, you, if you've stripped them down, where, where, when is the buildup here? When is the, yeah. hey, we're going in the playoffs in two weeks have here. Have you seen how good Bunts is lately? That uh, has to come. Yeah. And you cannot, you cannot hang them out to dry like this. Uh, going into game one. There has to be a turnaround of putting him in a position to succeed. I don't know if it means taking Yarncrock off a little bit, throwing him back up there with Matthews and Marner. Oh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, I agree. We have Gord if you want to include him. Not yet. Not yet? (laughs) Why is he so early? He's joined up. He's on uh, his his Bricklinks, his uh, little trap thing he's got in the basement. So he's ready to rock. All right, let's go to him. <laughs> All right. Gordon, I'd just leave if I were you. Why? Well, I, I feel like the Michael Bunting of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon. Yeah. I'm going on with Bunkus every, next year. Exclusively. Every radio show needs a whipping boy. <laughs> yes, yes, everything needs something. Well, everything needs something, yes. Are you on our first line or are you on our fourth line? Which one is it? First line, well, baby. Gosh, well, I, I first line, damn right, and the power play, and um, and everything like that. But it's uh, it's funny you're chatting about, but, uh, yeah, that's what this year is. So, like, first of all, I had someone last night just say Willie Nylander better not be on the third line. Like I love Willie Nylander when they do all the lines, and then of course uh, Michael Bunting and you know what have you. So yeah, these are the kind of happy, happy, fun problems that when you're kind of coast, hopefully coasting towards a home ice advantage in the playoffs. So what what? What strikes out in your mind in the next eight games when you think about how Sheldon wants to close this season out? Is it pairs, defensive pairs first? Is it where Ryan O'Reilly fits in? It's how many road games will Samsonov get in? What's, where, does, where does your mind go first? So it's like I think probably all of us, you know, like you're Ernie the TV repairman son. So at Christmas you get like two gifts or something. You know, somebody <laughs> else gets like somebody else gets like 45 gifts. The three year, three months later, they're trying to figure out which gift they want to play with, right? Of the forty-five, and you got two, and you're really happy with them. Actually, they're 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 good, right? So you're going, and the other person, like with the forty-five, can't figure it out, and that's what Sheldon Keefe has to figure it out right now. About okay, you know, hey, they've checked all the boxes, whom they've added, how are you going to deploy everybody? What are, you know, I mean, come on, please, it's 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 not going to be eleven and seven, right, Kippy? No, right? <laughs> can't be. We're, we're we're saying no. I, I think that can't be. 
Yeah, he's, he's pretending he likes it, even though you know he doesn't. And I know what works for John Cooper. I don't want to hear that. Anyway, so he's just, okay, get your lines, get whatever you want, and let's, let's go, buddy. You don't have to, you know, the 37 defensemen, you can't fit them all in the last three, four, five games. Uh, what do you got? Who are you going with? Let's do it. You know, the more we talk about this lineup and we look at who has played in the absence of O'Reilly and Achari, you know, Wayne Simmons has got in a couple times. You look at the American League and it's Pontus Holmberg, who they seem to have soured on a little bit. Um, You know, Steve Zabruzzi, like, do you think there's a chance that Wayne Simmons is a guy playing two, three playoff games in the first round for for the Leafs? Absolutely. Okay. It gives you another spice. Yeah, like 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 people seem to get annoyed. Like we, it's like we in Toronto you haven't moved forward because I didn't even know Wayne Simmons was still there, and all of a sudden he plays. And that second game against Tampa Bay last year, he he should have almost had a goal in the first period. Like if they would have, if they would have got that first goal instead of Victor Hedman's getting the sneaky one with seven or eight seconds left, who knows? Then unfortunately, everyone remembers. You know, he didn't. He took an ill-advised penalty, and Kyle Clifford took a terrible penalty, and they were gone. But he gives you another spice. So I, I just, you know, that, that toughness part used properly and that experience part as well. It could, I don't, it, it could be something you're going to need. Gord, this time of year, for whatever reason, over the last few years, we've seen a power play like head south real quick. And just watching the other night, any concerns at all against Florida where they go 0 for 4 at home? Yeah, you know, and again, I don't know what the I don't know how to quantify the word concerns. I think the extreme was that year in the Canadian division, which let's face it is a, is a, is not not a whole season. It was something that was put together. They did, they did a good job getting it all done, but the Leafs had a power play that was you know like one of the all time greats, and then it really really started going south. And actually, the start till the start of next season for a while. So I, I would say Kippy, yeah. I, I, I again, I'm I, I'm not panicking. I'm not what have you, but just. I just find in in the playoffs, goaltending and special teams are really important. They're always important, but they're just really important in the playoffs. And so, if you know that that's that's something that hasn't always fired on the appropriate cylinder. So I I got to say that if you want to use the word concerned or not, that's that's one of the things. I mean, it's been a great regular season, okay? But you know, are there little things because we have a history here of things not going well, especially how the playoffs end. So I, I will acknowledge that. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather see it all firing on all cylinders, uh, but I'd rather see it firing on, on all cylinders. Game number eighty three than you know game number whatever it is now seventy three, seventy four, seventy five. Gord, it's funny how expectations for this Leafs team have evolved over the season. You know, going into the year, it's like, ah, it's cup or bust. And you know how that goes. And then, you know, there's been moments now where it's win around and everyone's happy. I don't, I actually have genuine trouble asking the question uh, or answering the question when people ask me, like, if the Leafs lose in the second round to Boston, let's say they lose in five to Boston, is that enough? Do people keep, like, what, what's the success for this team? What's the bar for them to clear? Yeah, it's funny, Justin, because, you know, um, did, I did the radio broadcast with Joe Bowen when, uh, I, again, people talk about the pressure of playing in Toronto. And then, Justin, the notoriety is the pressure. Just, you know, you can't, you know, constantly. And, of course, nowadays, yeah, hey, it's a whole different world with security and parking underground and all, you know, all that as far as, you know, walking out and going to going to Zeller's when they open their new store. And, you know, <laughs> right, being, it's back, being recognized. Baby. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's because... 
you also get your butt kissed for very little when the expectations are low. So there was that rally at City Hall, I think the only time in the history of mankind for a team that lost to the L.A. Kings in the conference final. It was a rally you know, just shy of what the Raptors had when they won a championship. There was a banner put up for the Norris Division champions, which even wasn't true because they didn't win the Norris Division the regular season. But anyway, it just was it just so much in 1993 because not much had happened. And we're kind of there again, you know. So like one round and you get your butt kissed and all this stuff and 25-year extensions for Sheldon Keefe and Brendan Shanahan and <laughs> everybody, you know, like. So a lot of it, look what happened to Florida last year and look what happened to the Raptors that one year. You get smoked in four games, okay, and that's just a bitter, sour taste. Yeah. You know, any the people keep forgetting the Florida Panthers did win one round of the playoffs last year, but it's how they went out. So you, you mentioned something in the second round about, you know, if it's Boston, which it probably would be, and, and you get smoked, then it could be problematic. I do think if they win and compete in the second, that guys, and again, we're not out after people's jobs. So I, I would think that may be acceptable. Who knows? I don't right. know. The bigger body work, though, Justin, it shouldn't be acceptable considering where we were five, six years ago and where we expected to be in 2023 and go, yippee Kaye, we've won one round. Let's, you know, no, that's not where we expected right. to be. Gord, didn't they make them rings for the Norse? Yeah. Yeah. Not really. Rings. Absolutely. They got rings. No way. Yes. They got oh, rings. That's yeah. embarrassing. That made rings me Rings on their fingers, bells on their toes, everything. Got bells. You know, got bells as well, first time. Speaking of. Uh, the market and, and, and maybe uh, the expectations. Matthew Nyes, we know, is going to come in. Uh, we don't know when for sure, but we know he's coming. Is it treat them no differently than any other player coming in out of the NCAA in any market? Or is there, uh, is there an element to feeling like in this market, the Leafs have to go above and beyond to make sure that this guy doesn't feel a necessary pressure to carry anything, come in, be a hero. Does this market put more pressure on Nyes? You know, I, I, it shouldn't. And I'll tell you, like, the, the best – the example you'd love him to be is a very, another very difficult market, Chris Kreider in New York, when he came and like Nyes did and then had that great playoff. And he's really the last guy who's done that that comes and has a significant impact to that degree – in the playoffs. So, uh, and I know guys like Wendell, I don't know what it was like for you, Kipper, but he, he always said that when I was a rookie, I, I just, everything was just fun. You know, I really didn't feel any pressure. It was all kind of neat that there were other, you know, let's face it, you know, Nice isn't wearing the badge of how many years without a Stanley Cup, how many years without a playoff round victory, how many consecutive years of, of uh, deciding game defeats like, the, like, like these guys are. So there, there shouldn't be, and, and, and yeah, and you can help help make sure that's not the case, whether, you know, it's internally uh, in that dressing room. And then, then you see what he can do. You know, it, like, if he's another spice, that's wonderful. People that think, oh, my God, he's coming. This is that great. No, no, it's Matthews, Marner, you know, uh, the, the goaltending, Samsonov, whatever, Morgan Riley. I mean, those are the ones that are going to be the difference makers. Those are the ones that have to be if you're going to go somewhere. But, again, if he's able to inject, you know, something along the lines of being a, what, what made him a Hobie Baker finalist, then, then, then that's great. But I, I, I wonder, you know, that I always found it interesting Wendell's line about that pressure, and, and I just think someone knew it should. There's pressure about, yeah, your first game and all that stuff, but it still should be somewhat novel. And the pressure is really on those other people. He's, his, 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 uh, his foot's not being held to the flames about those other losses in the past. 
Gord, I wrote about it today, so I'm I'm curious to get your take on Paul Maurice's sort of uh, meltdown uh, on his team, and Rick Bonus also kind of had a little eye roll at Mark Shifley. You know, like what what's reasonable from coaches? Do you have a, a problem with either of those behaviors? Uh, no, no, I, I like I. I'm a big Mark Shifley fan, but what's what's wrong there? Two years in a row. I mean, yeah. I don't mean like just two years in a row. And, and let's face it, the way Paul Maurice left last year, something's really rotten in the state of in the state of Winnipeg. And you know, we talk about it uh, as well that you 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 got to pick and choose. I mean, Daryl Sutter is in some ways is kind of is kind. I mean, the bloom's gone off the bud there because he's kind of played his act a little bit too often. Uh, when he, you know, talked about the the guy's first career NHL game, it just seemed he jumped the shark a little bit and, you know, looked at the press sheet. And so you have to be a little bit careful. So there's no question about um, Winnipeg, something amiss. And I, I just, hey, what a bargain Shifley is. I mean, they signed him at eight years at 6.125, whatever. And uh, uh, so, you know, they, if they get it back on, let's face it, with his contract and Hellebuck's contract and a few contracts coming up, uh, whether they trade him so he's not a he's not a uh, uh, you know like basically a, a free agent a year later and a distraction and what have you, um, we'll find out. But they got a, they got a two year window at best. I think the you know the Florida Panthers and Paul Maurice says he knew the goal was going to be called back, so he just thought it was a great time. And I don't know. And Kippy, you're on the bench, and Justin, you've been on the bench, and I don't know how much those that works. You know, spewing. I think one of the best things was uh, Keith Kachuk's dad calling the team soft. Yeah, me, Keith Kachuk calling the team soft. Matthew Kachuk's dad. You know, you have to go. Wow, this guy played a real hard. This is the one of the few dads out there that can that walk the walk and can talk the talk. I, they should make him ambassador, like Drake is for the Raptors or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like he just, uh, I just found that one more telling. But I just think in both cases, Justin, you know, those guys, you can, you know, it's, you can only go to the well so often. And I think they were right in both cases to go to the well. But in Winnipeg, Shifley in particular, I, I just, what, what, what is it? What is a miss? Talking to Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation pre and post uh, right here on the Sportsnet Fan 590. Uh you know, I made a reference uh, in yesterday's show about uh, players now having a 1-800 number and can call anonymously if they feel like they've been, you know, uh, verbally abused or whatever the case is. And I'm just wondering now when you watch, you know, Paul Maurice and, uh, you know, some of the more critical guys, is is tough love coming back to some degree? Uh, I'll start with you first, Gord. Yeah, well, it's... see. That's a good one. So, really, can can the Florida Panthers call the one eight hundred eight hundred number after the game? You know, <laughs> anytime. Yeah, I'm Mark surprised Shifley. we didn't see a cell phone during the game. Yeah, yeah. Just it's it's uh, an interesting animal because that's been part of the game of sports, and I think I think rightfully so in society. Even we think of bosses that used to yell at our ass all the time, right? And generally, to me, that was a sign of incompetence. You know, that was a sign of somebody that was in over their head, and the best people you work for that was that wasn't something part of their dna now sports there's a big part of emotion to it and i and i do think tough love at times because you know it's you got 32 nhl teams in any in another business all 32 could be making money and quite successful right and there wouldn't be you know whatever they could be in the tech business whatever but in sports uh it's a pie and uh some teams get points some teams don't i mean you're competing you're competing to win and if you don't there's consequences and there's jobs and other things. So I, I, I do still think, even though it's not part of our man, with our kids, sometimes like sometimes you you even look about, and I'm as guilty as anyone. I mean, have we 
where is it entitled? Where have we created entitlement versus, mm-hmm. you know, getting rid of abuse that really was no part of society or no part of the game? I, um, I, I again, I, I, I smile when I think of John Brophy. And I think I know he's, the, he's, he's kind of the rock age guy to think of. But, you know, you talk to people that played for him. And there's more that really think positively and even love him. They, they recognize his passion. That's why the way he was, right, that, that uh, even though he could go off the rails times, you talked about 95% of the purse people. He is, you know, and, and so I do think, I, I, I do think in a, and that's what's tough about coaching. How do you, how do you, how do you sprinkle that uh, in, into your makeup in 2023? But I still think it should be there. Well, you, you lived it in, in this market, Gord, as a general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, where there is, uh, there's reality and then there's perception. And right now, let's be honest, the situation in Calgary with Daryl Sutter, the perception is every player hates him. He's too hard. It's not fun. I want to get out of here. Right. Yeah. Where's the reality there? Well, you, you get an Alan Walsh tweet. It wasn't wrong in Vegas with his client, Marc-Andre Fleury, right, about the goaltending situation, even though they, they made nice for about a year after. And when he's, you know, like Jonathan Huberto, they've committed to eight years starting next year for him. And, uh, and that's his agent just, you know, kind of throwing some, throwing some things out there, which but, his client but, would but, be very you know, much listen, aware. But, but when it comes to Walsh and his client, it's, it's, a, it's a small window of a picture. It doesn't represent necessarily... 20 other guys. Yeah, but you use the word perception and that and that's a big word and that's a even though it's not always accurate. You're right about that Kippy nowadays. Like perception becomes reality. So that's just a piece of it uh that I think and I, and hey, you got to respect Daryl Sutter. What he did in Los Angeles. People thought they were crazy to hire him and he won two Stanley Cups and I I give him all cred all kinds of credit that way. It's in and you know, it to get back to and whatever it may be nowadays is if you can make it everyone played the game because it was fun. Right, that's why you played the game, and you got really good at the game. If you made the NHL, but the more you kept having fun, that was a big part of it. And I'm not saying it's supposed to be like a you know a McDonald's playground party or something like that. You know, when you're six and go in the playroom, or but it, or it, dog park for you. Yeah, the dog park. Yeah, yeah, our dog. Yeah, Blue has fun in the dog park too. Not getting the results I want though. You know, but anyway, uh, it's uh, it's. That, that's, a, that's an ingredient that's still there. I mean, uh, you go back, Roger Nielsen, Captain Video and all that he did, but he, he understood yeah, yeah, mentally it, it had to be a thing. It had to be an environment that, you know, that still came ahead of how you broke the game down and that. So I agree in Calgary, uh, and I got a lot of kinds of respect for, for Daryl Sutter, but it, it, it seems like they've hit a wall here. That there, there's a, there's, it's not even a disconnect because you just understand that, no, that style just doesn't seem to work right now or anymore. You talk about hitting a wall. You know, I'm looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs schedule right now. They have eight games over the next two weeks. It's a lot of hockey, you know, heading into the postseason. You don't want your older players, whether it be Tavares or Jordano or whoever it may may be, you know, feeling exhausted. Where do you stand on the whole resting guys as you head towards the postseason, Gord? Well, I stand, can we end the season now and start the playoffs? Yeah. Okay, first. <laughs> this show you know? is on board. Yeah, so we're not debating, did Mitch Marner actually intend to head the puck, okay? That's not our storyline after. Was it, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, uh, so, so one thing, when the playoffs, uh, when the regular season ends, nobody of any, because McKinnon got, excuse me, because McDavid got hurt game number 82, it seems like if you got tickets for game number 82, you're screwed, man. You got Gord Stellick and Justin Bourne in the lineup. <laughs> if we're know, in, bud. You're in trouble. But uh, so, but 
you get a lot of days off before the playoffs. Like it's the one, it's a bigger break than you get really aside from the all-star break during the season. So you do get a chance to kind of recharge and retool, you know, so saying that whether I think a lot of teams are doing it now, canceling uh, skates, uh, cutting down on practices, short practices. The Bruins uh, had three players that didn't go to Carolina. I mean, I mean, you can do that because it's, you know, if they, people that have families and they get to spend a day at home rather, you know, those are the kind of things. But uh, yeah, it's the mental part that if you can keep it up, uh, then that's the key in the playoffs because Boston wins yesterday or last night. Last nine teams that won the President's Trophy haven't won the Stanley Cup. Eight of the nine uh, haven't made it to the conference final. And it just showed the long regular season and can you do it again in the playoffs and win those 16 games and how difficult it is. So, Gord, I'm in the car the other day, and I'm listening to you and uh, Bruce Gabby Boudreaux. Oh, yeah. And uh, Gabby's telling this story about uh, being with the Leafs, and there's there's getting ready to start the playoffs, but he's not playing. So he goes to the <laughs> opening game of the Toronto Blue Jays in 1977 on a game day, on a playoff game I day. I know. And I'm just – I almost pissed myself laughing. I, I, and I'm I, thinking, oh. okay, if we – if we need to understand why he had an underwhelming career, that's it right there. <laughs> yeah, it's and he said about the fifth inning, he started feeling guilty, so they he kind of left because I gotta get, I gotta get, we got a playoff game tonight, and uh, and he left and went, and he I think he was sitting in those crappy two dollar seats, and it was freezing out there. You remember snow? Like, yeah, Doug Alt treated love, like beer league. Yes, I and he also keeps talking about that. You know, uh, Daryl Sittler chased him down the one time. And uh, when he, he said, why are you first off the ice all the time? You're last on, first off, and, you know, what have you. And he said, after Daryl did that, I never, I changed my, I, I, you know, again, and that's part of internally a, a great team leadership. He goes, uh, I changed my DNA, and I was like Daryl. I was last on the ice. But, again, you mentioned pe- perception. He goes, everyone perceives I wasn't a good practice player, and I was lazy. He said, I actually came around because of Daryl. But I got to kid that story, Kiffer. You're 100% right. If you want to see how, how times have changed and things have changed, and, you know, I, I, there was no team meal a lot of teams back then so i remember the bus going back to the hotel and there'd be a crappy uh, snack bar there or just a regular <laughs> and, and you got guys lined up waiting to go in for some crappy fish and chips you know and uh you know and then then probably can't then getting back for the game but uh that yeah Bruce has some good stories hey one more serious question on 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 gabby how long will it take you and elliot friedman to find him another job well it's um Probably quicker than finding me another job, right? I think, <laughs> I think so. That could be. You're like, a, um, you're like that Roger Stone guy who just goes and gets votes for politicians. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! whoa. I, 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 I might get the perp walk out of here someday in shackles, right, or something like that for uh, like my influence going different. Showed places. up and he called you a forward liner, called you Roger Stone yeah. on the gosh, way out. Gosh, I. Uh, I, I I wonder if Bruce has one more kick at it. He, it's not what he would want to do, and we like he's very quiet now because of the Vancouver situation. He's not stupid. He wants to get that. He's probably his lip is bleeding from wanting to talk, but he's got to keep quiet till June thirtieth. Uh, you know, but but I wonder. Like I just think he would be a great um, assistant for one year in the right situation. I he can never be an assistant. Not a chance. I, you, you never want. We always say that. You, we you'll, always, be, you'll be the first coach and assistant coach in NHL history where the building is chanting your name. You will never bury your head coach like well, that. It's either big or go home with him. I think there's an owner out there that would 
gladly take him for a couple of years. Oh, I think there should be. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a guy that'll help. But no, but uh, keep in mind, you, you know, anyway, things change. If it, uh, the, the one place he would have been an assistant is here. And I'm not going to be, I'm not shilling for him with the Toronto Maple police or lied. He, he just, and he, he actually loved the, he, he loved the Canadian experience in Vancouver, which, you know, why did Ron Wilson, why was Ron Wilson ever hired here after in Calgary, he, you know, tore a strip off Jermaine Franklin when he got asked a question about when Joe Thornton, when San Jose came to town, he goes, Canadian media, the bloody Canadian media. So we hire him here. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Chuckles. Okay. So, uh, so that, that is part of what a, a coach in a Canadian based team has to do. You know, know you just know, Gord, what, four L's in April. No, you just Bruce, get annoyed. Be looking at an open Like bench. I'm annoyed at you. <laughs> What do you think, Justin? What do you think uh, as far as Bruce goes? Oh, I, I'm a big, big fan. You know, I disagree with Kip that he couldn't be an assistant. I think guys love him. I think he's a good communicator. Um, I'd like him in that role. I know he's famous, but okay. He, he, don't, he, he overshadow the head coach. So There's what? Not a, no, yeah. it's like it's like Don Mattingly no. coming to Toronto now. Like the time is okay for not Don Mattingly to come. No, what do you mean? Not even close. Not even like, close. Yeah, don't pull that crap. Don Mattingly, like 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 five years ago, it would have been a threat. Okay, right after the game, it's Bruce. What do you think? I'd no, love to hear no. what Bruce thinks. I know. Why can't we know what okay. Bruce thinks? Okay, Bruce, you know what Bruce would say? I'm not dumb. There's the head coach over there. You go talk to him. <laughs> Bruce has no history, no history of undermining people within the organization. No, okay? I no, it's not that. It's, I would never accuse him of doing that. No, no, but why, it, is he Bruce coach? why do you think he's gonna under I'm kidding, Kip. I'm kidding. <laughs> he's too big. He's too he's too big of a personality at an assistant coach. Times change. Kippy, we, right. we were bigger personalities 10 years ago. Yeah, look, look at what us we're now. Doing now. I know. I know. Justin's right? on the look rise. Look at us now. Justin, you, Justin you, is he on TV tonight looking like a million bucks, right? We you, don't know. We, we just sit back, huh? You come on our show on a 320 hit at 314 because you got nothing better to do. I was here at 114. <laughs> I just waited You're for on the on-deck circle. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, Electricity. Now, huh? Always okay. awesome, bud. Hey, uh, hey, Paul Beeston was at the Consmite char- the the Consmite dinner. Loves your show, especially when I'm on. By the way, but he made a point of mentioning he loves you guys. Who's that? And sorry, Sammy. Paul Beeston. Paul Beeston. Oh yeah, you know Paul, Be- Paul Beeston didn't say my name. He asked about Sammy. No, he, he did. didn't. No, he I don't did. believe you, Gordo. He did. Oh, I'm starstruck, boy. Let's get a foursome going. The three of us and, and Beeston. If only we knew where he was a member, we could make yeah. it happen. Yeah, he asked I know about where he's Sammy a member. Sosa, though. He was asking about <laughs> Sammy Sosa. So anyway, but. but uh, Anyway, I agree, because this is what, uh, anyway, I'm He's not going to get. Gord Stellick on Off the Rails Friday, man. Uh, usually that's just left for Doug McClain, but you kind of took it that way a little bit, too. Thanks, buddy. Go get, let's get back on the rails. I got okay. curling tonight. Big curling game, mixed game, guys. Tonight. Wish me luck. Go All get them. Right, go get them. Stellectricity. Okay. Thanks, Leaf guys. Nation, pre and post. Never want to miss it. Gord Stellick. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Get out of here. Come back with Doug McClain, former NHL president, GM. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Doug McLean's got his work cut out for him because Gord was really good. Gord was good. Really good. All right, it's Friday. I was down there, as you know, for five Florida, days. Florida, yes, you saw Doug. Saw Doug. Spent uh, a good portion 
of the day with Doug. Set us up on the beach. Get some oysters. He's got a good thing going there. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> better than us up here? Way better than us. I'm coming back home and I'm like, Doug McLean and Matthew Kachuk got it right. Got it figured out, eh? Yeah, they got it figured out. When did you figure it out, by the way? It, and you didn't, you didn't come up with that plan all on your own, did you? Florida. No, I, I figured I figured that when I walked at a Rogers, they they fired me. <laughs> okay. No, that's not true. Condo. You were set up there and long I was ago. I'm walking back to my. Oh, Sammy did not check on your connection. Calling from a ham radio today. And Sammy's disappeared. Uh, on us. If you got me there, all right. Yeah, what are you doing? Are the birds above you again? Oh, I just took my headset out, but I got a necko. Sam, does he have a clue what he's doing or what? <laughs> That's up for debate. Where are you? I, well, I was going to go out in the patio, but it was so damn windy there. Okay, don't move. Whatever so you're doing, don't put move. i my headset back in my case and see if it works. Better, much better. Yeah, you got to okay, clean those things set. every once in a while, by the way. By the way... Jason. Come on, Doug. Justin, I mean. Yes. I I go out to dinner with Kiprios and his lovely wife, Anne-Marie. Yes. And he buys dinner. I did, yeah. And I said, I can't believe this. I fought it. (laughs) And then Kippy said, no, you've done me a favor. You've come on my show every Friday for two years. Yeah. And I said, Jill, I just got paid for the real Kipper show because Jill asked me regularly what I'm getting paid. Yeah. And I said, I just got $7 a segment. <laughs> well, I'm happy well, to hear you. It's you asked. It. I'm and happy to hear he well did that. I owe you a couple too. On your taxes. <laughs> so, so anyway. like, uh, you interested in the last eight games or are you just going to completely check out to the first round? You know what? I'm kind of interested in the Pittsburgh-Florida battle. You know, to see who's going to get in there. Um, intrigued with the Rangers and Jersey last night. It was a great game. So there's some exciting races. Uh, did Did Florida convince you that they're they're still in the thick of things? And if if they get in, was that pivotal moment when Paul Maurice just me. tore a strip Don't. off of them? Like. Seriously, you you played in the NHL. The players, the players would go to the bar after and say, "Did you hear that guy yelling and screaming at us? Like, what was that all about?" Oh, Seriously. excuse me, you, you were one of those guys. Seriously, yeah, I was. I was one of those guys, and the guy eventually be rolling their eyes. Yeah, get real. But anyway, agreed. You want to call him back? All right, don't listen. Sammy's going to call you back on another line. All right. Oh, Sam's there. I thought he left. Okay. What do you think, Sam? I, I think we should call him back. Okay, let's call him back. So he's he's not with me then. I actually he's in your camp. So I mean, I'm like a bit of a cynical guy sometimes. So when my coach would do that sort of thing, I, I yeah. just remember being like, ah, come on, like really. But you know what? I talked to a couple of people who thought that the Kachuk comments during the day influenced Maurice, like. A very public statement that your team is soft. Your team doesn't bring it every night. You're talking about Keith. Yeah, uh, Keith Kachuk yesterday. Matt 
Matt's uh, father, Keith yep. Kachuk, uh, great player, uh, had those comments before the Leaf game. Afternoon hit at like one thirty. Oh, I didn't know that. And it comes out that you know, you know, Kachuk says Matt's very disappointed with where the team's at. They don't bring it every night. They're soft, whatever. Maurice goes oh. into this game. They show some soft play for a little bit, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I better. He, they thought, you know, that there's. See, I thought those came. Those comments came before the game. Yeah, they yeah. did. Oh, without a doubt, uh, you are. In my opinion, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. That, that that helped trigger that. You know, you don't want to look like the coach who got publicly your stars are saying that you're not soft enough or not tough enough, and then you don't bring it. All right. So, Doug, we were just, uh, uh, JB just mentioned uh, Keith Kachuk's comments uh, publicly about uh, calling his son, his son Matthew's team soft. And, uh, you know, did that play into Paul Maurice snapping? You know, I don't know about that. I, you know, I guess Keith can get away with that because he's, he, Keith can back it up. He had a great career and he was a star in the league. I didn't like the comments. I, I, I thought it put his kid in a horrible situation Hmm. with his teammates and, and with everybody. I I didn't, I didn't really like, I mean, look, those, those are conversations you have. If you want to talk about that with your son or buddies, but I, to go into the media with that, I, I didn't really like it unless, did he think it was going to motivate them? I don't know. I, I just think he. I think Keith might have just got caught. You know, I think he, maybe he got talking, and you know, you know how sometimes you're in the media and you say things you wish you didn't say. I've got to believe that's one he'd like to take back, but maybe not. I mean, he's a pretty. I you know I always liked Keith and found him to be a straight shooter, but I, I just I found those a little. You know, you got enough trouble going on with the team trying to battle for a playoff race. You don't need that from the outside. You don't need that outside noise affecting your team. And I maybe he did it. I don't know. Did Paul Maurice yelling at them change it? No. I think what did is Toronto screwed up in the overtime and blew a game. That's what really happened. I don't think it was Paul Maurice. I think it was more Morgan Riley and Nylander and Tavares is what I think. That's what changed the game. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this stuff before uh, in the first block, but, it, you know, Rick Bonus also had a post game, uh, you know, where he said that his, if, if his team thinks they're giving it, they're all, they're you know, deluding themselves or whatever, whatever he said. But then Shifley's name comes up. A reporter says, you know, Mark Shifley says he likes to hang onto the puck to create offense and his eyes rolled back in his head. You know, what are your thoughts? Bonus is a respected guy. You measured thoughtful person. Like there seems to be some real tension there, doesn't there? Well, you know what happened? Like, you know, people, when you've been in the trenches and you feel what the pressure's like when you're stumbling, when you're in a playoff race, and all of a sudden things are going south. And Paul, Paul Maurice has had a tough year all year in Florida with, you know, bad goaltending and, you know, just, just not a, a very good performances from his group. And Rick starts out in first place. And uh, who's that analytics guy in Toronto there? Mike Kelly. I mean, he did this great thing on us. Great defensive system that Paul Maurice is, or the, the new coaching staff have put in place. And I sort of question him on that. And I'm thinking, uh, well, it's not working that well right now. But you know what? You get carried away because you're, the pressure is overwhelming in Winnipeg to make the playoffs. It, 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 and internally in Florida it is. So all of a sudden you, get, you say things. I, that's, not, that's not Rick Bonus's style. You know? right. It's not his style. You know? And I, I just think you get so damn frustrated that you, uh, 
you lose it, you know? You know, it's funny, too, because we, we still have old-school mentality, and there's no one leading the charge more than Daryl Sutter, and he stays consistent, and at times the media find it charming, and then they find it tiresome, but it's always intertwined with winning or losing, right? You're, you're yeah. charismatic and charming and, and funny and a great uh, highlight reel for us when you're winning, but when you're not, you're the problem. Yeah, I, I get such a charge out of that. Like I, I've, I've chuckled at Daryl for years because of the, you know, the dry shots and you know here and you know gives the media shots, he gives his players shots, and you're a hundred percent right. When you're winning, it's great. When you're losing, all of a sudden you start getting blamed, and you know. So I, I get a kick out of it both ways. But I'll tell you what, guys, when you walk out of your dressing room as a head coach and you've got to go to that podium after a devastating loss, it is without a doubt the worst part of the job. The worst part of the job. And there's always one clown in the group that is out to get you. And you got to walk out there and say, oh, i got to deal with that bozo again today, and I know he's going to be coming after me. Or, or Luke and Fox. It drives you, it drives <laughs> you back. <on. laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, Luke. Who'd you say? <laughs> oh, I just named a couple people here. No, the, nice, the nicest hey, guy in the least beat? There's, there's also guys that try to hold people accountable, too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I mean, I like spec. I love spec in Edmonton. He gets mad at the team when they lose because he's a cheerleader. <laughs> and then he, then he takes it out. Then he gets, he writes, he's so damn mad at the team when they lose. And I get such a chuckle at it. <laughs> but anyway, it, so you get it all different, but it, it's, you know, I remember one time I was going up the, going down the escalator in Vancouver and the Panther writer was going up the escalator and I started, he said something to me, and I started yelling at him. And here we are in a yelling match on an escalator. And the best thing that happened is he was going down, and I was going up, and I couldn't, I couldn't stay yelling at him because he disappeared, you know. So, <laughs> you know, there's lots of fun with it. But it's, it's hard on the head. It really is. And I, I, I listen to these coaches, and I think, you poor buggers. It's, you know, I've lived it when it's been good and lived it when it's been bad. And, you know, they, they just love. But anyway, that's fine. That's their job, you know. Just that's their job. It's like you when you do that article in the newspaper. There, I mean, you you become a bit of a nitpicker yourself. You're a bit of an expert, you know. <laughs> you just, I bought you dinner, and that's the shot you want to give me before I go to my next you question. Didn't buy me dinner. <laughs> you, you paid, paid him what he was owed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, eight games to go for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Mac. When you coached, those, oh, the- first of all, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you an Elliot story. I'm telling Elliot today that I finally got paid for this. Sportsnet paid you? Sportsnet paid you? And then I told him that you bought me dinner. Well, he was devastated, you know? So anyway, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Well, there's the official off the rails right there. Hey, uh, do you remember your last 10 games, regardless of where you were in the standings, on on focus and concentration, lines, pairings, uh, getting your players in a good frame of mind, how individual does your coaching change when you start preparing for the playoffs? You know what? I don't know. It, it it sort of does change the last 10. If you know you're in the playoffs, if you're not in, 
and you don't sort of have a good clue on your position and you're trying to win home ice, it's, it's real, you know, you're, it's day-to-day grinding out. But if you're in and you're comfortable, yeah, you start trying to get your lines together. And I, I look at the Leafs and I keep seeing these extra defensemen and one less forward. I'm thinking, boys, get it together. You've got a great chance. If they're focused and if they're ready, they have a chance to beat Tampa this year. I'm telling you that. They do. Tampa has not been good. Their penalty killing is horrendous right now. And Toronto's power play is that good. So this, this is a great opportunity. So figure it out. Get your lines together. Get Riley healthy. Get this back on the rails and get it to the point where you can go in and beat this hockey team because it is critical. Obviously, you know how critical is they win, but they've got a chance with the way Tampa have faltered this year. They certainly do. Um, you know, we were looking at some interesting stuff that we wanted to weigh, uh, get you to weigh in on today, Doug. And one of the things is the NHLPA has introduced the new head of the PA, Marty Walsh. Um, you know, in a unique background, was the mayor of Boston, worked for uh, the Biden administration. What are your thoughts on what to expect from Marty Walsh? You know, I know, I know some, actually, I know a few people that know him well. And, I get rave reviews about him, rave reviews. He's a union man, first and foremost. That's his life, strong beliefs in it. I hear he's a real solid guy. I knew I met a guy that was, you know, a businessman in Boston when he was a mayor, talks highly about him. I know other people that have known him for years. As I said in my tweet yesterday, the PA finally, finally have a leader. And I mean that. Finally, they have a leader, and they haven't had one for, what, 10 years, in my opinion. So I think it's going to be real interesting. I I think he'll be a formidable uh, uh, battler with Gary Bettman, and I I think that he will stand up big time. What would his first priority be? Well, he said his first priority is is to get to know his his, his constituents, and that, you know, he's not a... He's a hockey fan, but he doesn't really, you know, know that, you know, he hasn't followed it that closely, I suspect. So get to know the players. And I mean, the biggest challenge is there's a handful of it. I mean, we know that the PA has been a gong show, Nick, for how, I mean, can you say that Nick or not? Oh no, Mac. It's uh, yeah. It's been a a buildup right from early two thousands. A hundred percent. So He's got to get a team is what he's got to get in place. He's got to get his team in place. And you know that more than anybody. You need a loyal group of guys with you for these battles that he's going to have. And, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm really interested in watching it. And I sat in the meet of the Board of Governors meetings when it was only 30 people in Bettman and Daly sitting there when we we're making the decision to go out on strike because my owner was sick and I was the, I was the guy voting for Columbus. And I'll tell you what, it's, it, they were a united group. He's got to unite the players. That's not easy when you've got 750 players. But I think this guy is going to do a hell of a job. I really believe it. Mac, one more. Just uh, the Ottawa sale. And, and you've been through... A, a couple of scenarios. One was the buildup of uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. You were also in a s- situation where I think you were involved with a, a purchase that didn't go through with Tampa Bay, correct? Just yeah. 
Is this thing going slower than it should? Is it just due diligence? What do you think's going on behind the scenes with the sale of the Ottawa Senators? Well, first of all, we've got a love fest going on between Bruce Garriog and Ryan Reynolds. That's getting hard to handle. <laughs> I mean, that's getting hard to handle. Like, seriously, he said out a tweet last night, he, he's having a hard time getting a good picture of, of Ryan Reynolds. And I thought, uh-oh, I should send something out, but maybe I won't. You know what? It, it, it's just there's there's a number of groups. There's there's a lot of work. We When we do, were doing the Tampa deal, it was actually the same uh, – a banker in Sal, uh, the Sal guy that runs that company that was that did our due diligence. Batman is going to push this rate to the limit. Batman wants to maximize this price. That's obviously the number one goal. Is he is dying to say this is a billion dollar deal? I don't know if it's going to get that high. I can't believe it will, but he's dying to push it to the limit. Uh, so you know, it, I don't think it's going slow. I think it's it'll move fair, a little bit quicker now because people have had a chance to look at the numbers and do the due diligence and see the building and see the potential of the downtown site and so on. So I, I suspect it'll start to move a little quicker. Hopefully, when they put a new building in, they won't uh, have a restaurant that charges as much as yours charged me. What'd you get? I, can, I mean, you I get? Felt, oh, you got a seafood platter that was a size, <laughs> size of the CN Tower. Oh yes, God. correct. I felt terrible because I was expecting at least to split it with you. I thought, I said to Jill, maybe Kippy will step up. I don't expect him to, but I, I wouldn't be surprised he might try. And then I was yeah. going to battle you. And then I, you know, but I did go whole. I did, you know what I said to Jill? I didn't even look at the price of that item. I felt terrible <laughs> the next day. I you don't need to, Doug. You've earned I was it. So full, I was so full of food and wine that I just felt terrible. <laughs> what a life. I knew I was in Florida because I saw <laughs> crocodile arms at the table. <laughs> they don't kind of, they don't reach the pockets. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, Mac. I really appreciate, hey, look, I really appreciate Sportsnet uh, picking up the tab. I really, really do. Yes. And they would be thrilled to buy. Tell Corte I really appreciate it. I will. I will send him your love. <laughs> All right, Doug McLean on Off the Rail Fridays. Never a disappointment. Care, Thanks for doing this, Mac. Okay, boys. Thanks, Doug. Good dinner? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good dinner. Nice. Yeah, they're not short of uh, great restaurants. Seafood restaurants in Miami? Yeah. You know, I thought you might a be little able to fresh. find a couple. <laughs> yeah. Pretty fresh. Grab it off the dock. Yeah. Just want to get a little bit more into what Doug said and... Like, I, I totally get what he's saying here is as teammates of the Florida Panthers, you, you know, whatever's coming from dad has to be connected to you, right? Oh, yeah, about Kachuk. Yeah, about Matt Kachuk. And it did, it did put, it would have put him in an uh, awkward place to me, in that To me, it's the same as Walsh and Huberto. I mean, the same thing where it's, you know, it's coming from Huberto who's not happy with whatever, you know it's coming from Kachuk, the truth. And it's different if no, Kachuk the, the, has said this no, to this, his team before. It's not a comparable to Alan Walsh and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. No, Alan Walsh and Jonathan Huberto, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I forget exactly what it was that he said about Calgary and Yeah, Huberto's, not being a fun place, Not being basically. a fun place. And, yeah. like, you know that comes yeah, from that, the guy. But, but, but the root of Alan Walsh is to question the head coach mm-hmm. Keith Kachuk questioned 20 guys 
or Big was difference. he questioning the head coach? Because he, in the context was he said that Ottawa brings it every night. Like DJ Smith has yeah, those but, guys but going. You, but when you call a team soft, you're yeah. not call, you're not calling out the coach that you're coaching soft. Right. You're calling out twenty guys and their character, which is a big difference for me. Yeah, I can see that. It was a big deal here when Keith said soft and purposeless, right? Like that was a direct. Yeah. And Doug's right. I mean, you're not just anybody's throwing that out. It's not me, you, or Sammy saying that on our show. This is a guy who's played the game hard, considered a, a, a U.S. legend, mm-hmm. right? Olympics, all of it. And it carries so much weight. But I wonder if because of the player Kachuk is, where he can say, I do bring that every night. And I don't see it from you guys. Like, I wonder if that's okay. If he's okay with taking on that role within that team, that this is my team. You know, I know he's new well, this year, but. You know, yeah, you make a valid point that like, even more so than Barkov. This is more Matthew Kachuk's team right now. Hundred point even, guy. I'm younger than, than him. I am a bigger even, star than he is. Even Barkov. Kachuk. <laughs> and Thank you, you know Gilbert. he's backed up everything this year. Yeah. So if if the message is from him and his dad that uh, you guys are soft, then so what? But Deal with it. There's no doubt that if you know my dad went in the newspaper and was like, I hear there's some tension on the Kiprios Born show. I'd be like, hey, dad, <laughs> maybe, maybe keep that too, hey, you know, like. <laughs> shut your pie hole. Yeah, you know, we don't need that in the media. Yeah, it's a, Scram I, beat it. It's a crazy thing to say in the media. I do. Yeah. But, I, I agree with Doug, but he's probably just chatting, got a little loose. Happens. That's a good job by the, uh, the three-letter to get that quote. Good on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We've had him him on a couple times. He didn't give us that. Didn't get him to savage his son's team. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And Colby Armstrong, former NHLer, Sportsnet hockey analyst, co-host of uh, Chicklets and uh, what, Game Notes? Nailed it. See him on commercials, selling insurance, babysitting. What doesn't Colby Armstrong do? Arm dog after the break. You're watching, listening, Real Kipper and Born. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Tons to get into uh, with Colby Armstrong. Paul Maurice. Mm-hmm. Wonder if anybody Penguins yelled are at, fringy. Wonder if anybody yelled at Colby. I am interested to know about that. Would Colby be a guy to have issues like Bunting would maybe? Too nice a guy, Colby. I think yeah, too, too well nice. liked. <clears throat> He'd turn around. He turned. He yelled at his coach. No, he, oh, he, he turned around. Like, turn around yeah, 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 coach. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> it's game time. It is game time. Sammy, we got him. Or are you finding him? They're just chit chatting on the finer. That Sammy on a Friday was going to drop the ball with. Uh, he's there. Doug McLean. I thought we lost him. Well, he salvaged it. Yeah, he salvaged yeah. it. I fixed it. Fixed it. Let's hear Colby's connection. 
Come in, Colby. What's going on? What's going on? Dougie, shocker. He doesn't get any uh, service in the RV, hey? I know, buddy. I know. How are things going, man? Good. Good, buddy. A little rainy day in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're getting used to this right now in the spring, but is that like always, we're usually used to playoff hockey. We'll see what happens, though, right? Uh, it didn't rain on Pitt the other night. There, no, there's a big win. Yeah, that was that was huge, and I don't know. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries, right? Jari'd been out for a little while, and then came back, and then floundered, and then they lost four of their top sixty, and. You know, got Petrie back here the last few games. Jari came back last night. And, I, you know, I don't know. It's just like with the with the pens, I'm just like going into the rink to work the game. I'm like, what's going to happen tonight? I don't know. You know, that's the kind of vibe I get. I'm just like, what, what are we going to see tonight? What team are they? So a little bit up and down right now, but hoping to get a few more guys back from injury here um, in the next few games at least. Do you get a sense that there's any sort of panic here? Like everyone I talk to is like, it's Pittsburgh, it's Crosby. They they never miss, but does it start to feel like it's uh, slipping away a little bit? Well, I don't know if it's slipping away, but uh, you know, you look at the you look at the team and you're like, is this is this team gonna you know challenge for the cup? And of course, anything's possible. I mean, Jari gets hot, he plays All Star form, which we've seen him be able to do before. They get guys back healthy again, and uh, you know I think their top six when they're when they're rolling can can go with a lot of teams. But yeah, I, I don't know through the depths of their lineup of of if they can do it. And honestly, the health issues this year has been crazy. Like they've been banged up quite a bit um, to significant key guys, also. So um, look, I think they can make some noise. Like I don't, I think no matter what that Penguins logo just. Due to Crosby, Malkin, Latang, but that, that Penguins logo, I think, you know, it holds some standing in the league where teams, you know, are always kind of ready to play them a little bit. And, uh, you know, come the playoffs, you know, anything can happen. So, like, look at the Rangers last year. Like, they, they you know, the knock, Truba knock Crosby out, goaltender uh, injury issues. Raquel gets knocked out, like, you know, and they had them right on the ropes. They had them right where they wanted. So, you know, anything can happen. And, you know, we wouldn't be talking about the Rangers like we – would have going into the season had that happened had they got knocked off by the Penguins in the first round. But, um, yeah, the Pens have their work ahead of them here. It's a, it's a, the theme around here, guys, is embrace the race. Okay. Uh, and that's, that's what they're doing right now. They're just trying to battle to get in with that three-team gong show right to the end. Colby, there's some markets uh, that could look at uh, going through the summer or early fall where they know where their team's at. So yeah. where 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 the Penguin fans' uh, mindset or mentality on on where this team is at? Do they look at this team and say, "Yeah, this is probably where we should be battling for a spot," or are a lot of them going, "Come on, we still have Sid at the height of his career yeah. and and Malkin. How, how are we even in this predicament?" Well, we've got what do they have here? I think the fans know. Well, it's. Well, to take it back to the beginning, like I think it was interesting because I think a lot of people expected like either no Malkin, no Latang, or the possibility of both leaving uh, in the summer. They got them both signed, and then I think, you know, the expectations went back up again. Like I think the fan base expects, you know, to win. They expect to have the big three back. You're expected to win now. You know, Ron Hexel and company have to do their job to you know be on the same page as the fans, I guess. And and it it made for a, a you know noisy last couple of weeks leading up to the trade deadline and into the trade deadline and post trade deadline and looking at some of the moves they made and 
if it was good or not. Like, like Granlund, two more years at five mil, um, you know, has people looking at it now with Jari's contract coming up, Dumoulin's up, um, you know, several other guys through the depths of the lineups are up as well. And, and bringing back the big guys and going, you know, Zucker's up as well. How are you going to, you got to find room to fit him in. Are you going to keep Jari? So there, there's, I think there's a little bit of uneasiness of, about what the team might look like, how much they're willing to pay for certain guys and what the prices of certain guys were going to be. And Tristan Jari is obviously a big one, right? Like he's, he's a number one guy. We've seen him. He's when he's at the top, he's, he's pretty darn good. And uh, you know, this year he's been uh, inconsistent and had injuries and at times shined like an all-star. So you know, I don't know if you can get better than him, um, more consistent than him, or what they're looking at for price tag come this summer. But there's definitely guys that you want around, and there's definitely guys that I think you're looking at it going, oh, well, th- those are those are tough on the salary cap. We've been talking quite a bit today, Colbs, about um, Murray's freaking out on the Panthers and Bonus rolling his eyes at Shifley. Won't yeah. ask you exactly <laughs> those questions, but I do want to get your uh, if you. If you were a guy who ever got yelled at, like every team's got their guy that they pick on, the coach is a little bit rough too. Were you someone who ever suffered that abuse? Oh, yeah, I could take it. I could take it. Then you know how dumb I am? I would go out and make them look good and respond the correct way, and they'd go, I always hated that myself. I know. I'm like, ah, God, after the game, when you're out after dinner and you're like, oh, all the guys know too. All the guys are like, oh, army, you made, you made it look so good. You know, that's a trick he's going to use on you now. Uh, But I I was, I was comfortable. I think I needed the little pokes here and there, you know, looking back at it. I think it was good for me. I think it, you know, I was a guy that needed to be on the edge. Right. And it was easy to get a little comfortable sometimes. And I think I played better when I was a little angry and a little bit on edge and a little bit scared. So um, it wasn't always easy, but I, I, you know, I love seeing the fire in the game. I think, you know, emotion and passion for me in, in hockey lately is, you know, like dropped off probably 50%. It's, it's, it bugs me sometimes to watch. And, you know, Kipper, I sat with you uh, next to you and we had discussions about this years ago, years ago. So it's gone down quite a bit since then. And, uh, you know, I love seeing the reaction and bluster from the coaches and the purple face on the bench yelling. And Derek Lalonde in the Pens game the other day on a goalie and he got ejected for that one, giving it to the refs too. It was pretty good. So I like that it's starting to get heated up. I like that we're starting to see a little more passion, desperation, and emotion in our game. You, you buy into the theory that a third love their coach, a third hate them, and a third are indifferent? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? It was funny. I, I interviewed and talked to at the All-Star Game in, in Vegas. When was that? Two years ago? Last year? I don't even know. And I was talking to Rod Brindamore, and, and he's, like, as genuine as it comes. And just, like, he talks to you, not like an, an everyday coach. You know, he's, he's like one of the boys. And I, I was asking him about being a player's coach and what, what that means. And, and he had the best answer. He's like, what does, it, what, what does it mean when a guy says a guy's a good coach? What does it mean when he says that? Like, if you're a player, ask any player, who's their favorite coach? It's the guy that played them the most. <laughs> and that's so true. I'm like, that is hundred percent true. You talk to any guy, they're like, Hey, that guy, do you like him as a coach? Well, he liked me and he played me. So yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah. But that's also the end result. Uh, what comes before that is he likes you. Yeah. He respects you. Yeah. He goes to Trust. you more often. He believes in you. He knows what he can get out of you. He trusts you. Yeah. It's like, he knows when you're against the wall, what you're going to do. You know, I think that takes some time to build that. I think it takes some time to understand each other in regards to that. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. There, there's definitely 
steps that go into getting to that point. It doesn't just happen like that. But, um, you know, to say that you earn it, yeah, maybe. But to also say that, you know, the coach maybe has a soft spot for you because he, he, he trusts you. That's a, that's a whole other thing. And I, I think, you know, you see a lot of young guys coming in the game and, you know, we've heard Torts' comments, right? Like it's a young, dumb game. And, um, you know, and I think, I think for a lot of coaches, it takes, you know, that those steps throughout to earn trust and earn, you know, in his eyes, consistency of play in certain situations and uh, playing with certain players and, and you know, the, the list goes on and on. So that's, that's a major factor and that takes time. Well, how do you feel about stuff getting out to the media, you know, whether through like we were talking about uh, Keith Kachuk's comments yesterday about Florida being soft, you know, it says Matthew's disappointed or he might even said devastated <laughs> about where they're at. It's like, OK, well, that obviously came from Matthew originally. Um, you know, we're talking Shifley. We're talking, you know, some of this stuff just finds yeah. a way out. It's not the worst thing necessarily, but if you're a guy in the room and you know your teammate is talking about the team like that, are you shocked? Do you care? Do you go to them? Well, no, I think, I think, I don't know. I think a lot of the guys would know about it already. I think it's probably discussed the back of the bus on the way to the airport after a tough game. I think it's just like those frustration venting talks Yeah. where I think it's always kind of front and center. Like, you know, you guys have been on the buses and been in, in the dressing rooms and been on the planes where, where it is, it's going tough or, you know, it's, it's, you know, expected to be more and, you know, everyone's pretty open. I mean, it's pretty open conversation too. It come trade deadline where guys, you know, are hearing murmurs or talking to their agent or what's being said or what the team is saying about contract negotiations, all that stuff's kind of shared at the back and shared amongst each other. So I honestly, I think the the lines of communication between you know players are, are pretty open, and and right and if it came from Kachuk, rightfully so. I mean, that guy came into that situation and went there just loving, wanting to go to Florida. Obviously, pushed his way there a little bit, but you know he's gone in there and thrown together another hundred point season and plays it, you know, any way you want to play it. Like who wouldn't love to have that guy on their team? Passion and desire, and honestly, love for being there. Like it, it, at times, it could probably be in a tough place to play. Um, you know, and hasn't had the, the the juice that, you know, some of their teams maybe, you know, deserved in, in conversation at times throughout, you know, the number of years. But um, he's a guy that went in there ready and, and locked and loaded to be a difference maker and hoping he could, you know, after the season they had last year, that he could take it over the top. And it's kind of fallen flat in the total picture with this group. We're talking to Colby Armstrong, Sportsnet hockey analyst, co-host of Chicklets Game Notes. Uh, if we assume that Pitt is in and Florida is out, what happens with Calgary? Do they uh, they catch Winnipeg uh, Game Seventy Nine? I think they play against each other. Yeah, that's huge. I I, I can see them getting in. I'm I'm so blown away at Winnipeg, guys. I yeah. don't know. I like. I I can't believe they came to play Pittsburgh like two months ago here. And I was like, oh, my God, that team is sneakily going to win the Stanley Cup this year. They're that good. They're big. They're, they're like, huge. They're huge. They're structured. They're strong. They're, you know, their D are sneaky good all over the ice. They play this physical hockey. And then they've got Hellebuck on top of it. And I'm like, they came in and, and, and absolutely dominated the Penguins. Dominated them. Like, it looked like another league. And I was watching going, holy smokes, like, this team is nasty. And to see how much they've fallen and where they are right now boggles my mind. It boggles my mind to see the type of play that they're going through. So, um, yeah, a team that's leaving a lot on the table with how good they should be and where they should be at. But, you know, saying all of that, 
I'd like to see Calgary get in. And it would be great if it came down to the game where they played each other. It would be awesome. I'd be tuned in for that one big time. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the theme of uh, our show today has been talking about the PA, and I know, Kipper, you and I are going to talk a little bit more about it uh, post-Colby, but I, I did want to get your thoughts on new leadership for the union. Are, are you someone who pays attention to that sort of thing? I know some guys, it's not their bag. Is that of interest to you? Well, I did. I did a few years ago, and obviously the lockout when was at 13, and, um, you know, a lot of things changed, um, you know, with hockey. Um and kind of the younger guy, older guy. So I was more paying attention at that time. Uh, new leadership, I know, you know, in the last few years at the PA, there there'd been kind of rumblings that they were looking for something new. So, um, you know, in, in, in finding that and in search for that and, and in, you know, taking steps internally with that group, um, you know, it was probably time for that as well with Donald Fairleaven. So um, interesting times. Interesting situation. I was actually just talking to them today about my email, my NHLPA email that may no longer be of use. Uh, So so I'm trying to figure that out. Might have to go back to the old hotmail. Listen, (laughs) me and you have, uh, you know, we're NHLPA alumni. uh, And if I look back at the whole history of the NHLPA, I would say that my era, it was never stronger with the backing yeah. of Gretzky, Lemieux, Iserman, yeah. all the big boys. What do you remember about your uh, time at the PA and where it was or where it was headed? Were you one of those guys that cared or, you know, followed along? Or, you know, well, I'm, I- I'm just wondering what Marty Walsh has to do now to get it back uh to, to being a, a powerful association or union again for, for the NHL. Yeah. So interesting mentioning that. And of course, you know, your lockout in the nineties and then, and then ours in, in, in 2005, I played in the minors that year coming out of that too. I remember there was even conversation with that, you know, translating into the American league, which made, you know, the veteran rule and everything. And a lot of older guys being upset that they were going to lose their jobs because of limited play, even in the minors. So it like, and not only, you know, caused us to lose a year of hockey um, at that time in the NHL. And I was in the minors and it was my third complete season in the minors um, because there was no NHL, which made the hockey really good, but it, it really changed the landscape. But I remember when I finally went up to the NHL and hearing some of the actual stories from, from the guys in their fight during that lockout, like from Chelios to others, you know, it was, it was, it was much different than when I went through it in that, you know, half shortened season in, I believe it was twelve thirteen um, when that one happened. So um, I don't know it was it was a little it seemed yeah stronger I would say then Kipper. You're right in in regards to the names of guys that you talked about before and even even in 05, like hearing some of the stories from some of those guys who I got to play with that you know were pretty strong and united and inside of inside of that one as well uh, and some of the stories in the fallout of some of the things that happened. So. Look, they need they need strong leadership. They need good vision. Like the guys are pretty preoccupied. Kipper, you know it's hard uh, at times, uh, and there seems to be a certain faction of on every team of guys that are more involved than others. Um, and it's really on a lot of the players and a lot of those factions of the group to you know drag in you know probably half of the team uh, into discussions, into communication, and into keeping up with what's going on. So if if the new leadership can do that and 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 you know, set the tone with that, with the guys and, and, and 
you know, the, the morale behind, you know, the players. Cause Kipper, I'm like you, I'm a player's guy to the, to the death. Like I, I'll push and, and have their back with, with a lot of the things and say they deserve all the salaries in the world. And uh, I love that. So, um, you know, for me, I think, you know, it's just a, a turnover and a chance and an opportunity for them to kind of um, build something uh, as we approach all these craziness with best on best and World Cup of Hockey and all the things that come into it. When all those big boys, as you mentioned, Gretzky and others, you know, in your time, and it's going to be the, that time for the for the big boys again here coming up. Yeah big challenges ahead hey cole thanks for doing this pal all right boys appreciate always love coming on with you guys too bad you guys have to work with sammy (laughs) have a good weekend but i know we're getting through it to the sam dog (laughs) all right sammy clipping them all off (laughs) (laughs) he's clipping them he's clipping them boys oh what a beauty all All right right, see you boys have a good weekend colby armstrong uh yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting. Of course, we're talking about Marty uh, Walsh, introduced as the executive director of the National Hockey League Players Association uh, yesterday. U.S. Uh, Secretary of Labor to the hockey world. Mm. It's pretty interesting. Career arc, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch any of uh, his press conference and yeah. uh, just your initial thoughts? I mean, there's no question he... He looked as green as can be up there, and for good reason. I mean, he's just been thrown into this world. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, of course, he's not of this world, uh, and he does have learning to do, but a guy with his background has obviously handled some complicated issues. He seems like a pretty strong personality. Um, Seems like the guys really are excited about him. And I think those are all important parts of of it. Now it's just a matter of making sure he's informed on the issues and what the players want and letting them know what to fight for. Right. He he just looks like a guy that was like a talking head on like a serious political. Like, it's just like, he looks like he'd be interviewed on CNN. Like he used to be. Like he just, he does feels like he's got a lot of cachet, but doesn't have any, clue in terms of the actual ins and outs of hockey which you'll learn but i think at the top it seems like a good guy to have in charge is what i'm getting at here yeah good we we got a clip we got the clip we got a clip from him yeah we do let's play it yeah marty welcome uh josh clipper with canadian press just uh what's your view of of the hard cap system as it stands and and is the luxury tax something that players might look to entertain in the next round of of negotiations yeah this is where i'm going to pump in i'm new on the job so uh you know so i've learned a little bit a little bit about i mean i certainly have learned a lot about uh the salary cap and moving forward i think it's still a little it's too premature to talk about what we'll be talking about in negotiation uh you know that's really going to be based on what the players want and the direction the players want to go in uh and we have not had been anywhere near having deep conversations about that yet i mean most of the conversations i've had with the players have been like getting to know each other um you know obviously the search committee i had a chance to get to know them pretty well uh the executive board committee executive board i've had a chance to get to know them pretty well i'm still learning the play not the players are still we're still meeting each other i should say not learning meeting each other so we're a little early on that one. Oh, there's going to be plenty of learning for him a lot to learn you know the salary cap is a complicated thing and really it's at the just See how thick it is? Yeah. <laughs> it's going yeah. to take him a year to read yeah, that thing. drop that on your desk for homework, and then you have to understand it. I love the idea. Please, Marty, luxury tax. Please, Bubba. <laughs> Come on. 
It, it's funny, like you just impossible yeah. to see a world where the owners go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not gonna happen. Let's let's Sammy. let salaries balloon. It's not gonna happen. With Marty in charge, it might. I don't. Marty, Marty. Really, I, I don't think people and fans should get caught up on on the CBA needs to change or it needs to go to a new salary cap or a, a new. Uh, form of escrow like nothing's going to change in that it is locked in the only thing i believe if you want to tweak a few things there might be you asked me like are you nervous that there could be another lockout or uh, a strike well like, does I think, that do you think fans worry about that i think that donald fair had been there through both of them the more recent ones and understands the harm that happened to the game and the hurt that fans felt in that in a media world where there are more entertainment options than ever, that I don't think you can afford to do it again. My fear is that someone who hasn't seen the pain comes in and says, we're digging in. It's like, wait, you know, like we can't do it again. We can't go there. Yeah. So I don't know his personality and I have no fear that he would be the cause of it. I would have a fear that any new guy, any, you know, this is your new stepdad coming in, that he's going to be a, a hard liner. Do you worry about that, Sammy, at all? Do uh, you think fans do? Yeah. Oh, my God, it keeps me up at night, especially, oh, working, in, especially working in this role. Like, if we're, uh, I've said this to you guys off air, but there's a lockout, I quit. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Immediately. Like, I'm going to work at the beer store, boys. I'm not, there's oh, no I'm chance. Very, I'll be reading the CBA if there's a lockout. Oh, yeah, you don't God. have to worry about going to a beer store. There, there, there's, there's never going to be another lockout or strike. Please. No. There isn't. No, no, there's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing left to give the owners. There's nothing to fight for from the player's perspective to that. If you didn't fight for it originally, you're not going to fight for it now. It, that, that you've missed that opportunity that is gone. So what is left for the players? You want to tweak a few things? Yes. But you're going to, you're going to tweak a few things and, and threaten to not play no right the, the priority to me outside of the cap and you guys talked about this when i was gone i think with the otani thing but it's best on best that's it's got to like what are we doing here? well listen that's a thing to me but i don't you know you know like it play, should happen you don't think the players are pushing that hard yeah but come on we, we can sit here including your uh, best on best yeah and come up with 30 different things that the they should focus on mm-hmm. But they all have one common denominator here, and that is finding ways to create revenue. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, Marty Walsh, number one priority yeah. is that he's got to get on Gary and he's got to get on the NHL to continuously find ways to drive revenue up. Yeah. Everything gets solved. The player's have no problem with this system if the cap keeps going up. That just means more money, and then the fans could be happy because here in Toronto, if the, the cap players. goes up, there's no threat of, is it Austin Matthews? Is it Willie Nylander? Is it Mitch Marner? But who's leaving in two years, right? If the cap goes up, the fans are happy, yeah. the players are happy, and the system it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's all for Marty Walsh so right now. The World Cup is. It's it's all about finding ways with the league to stay on. Where's new money coming in? Yeah, 
Oh, a big time World Cup of hockey with all the best players playing at it might help. That's a start for sure. You know, you know, There's definitely an element of it. Like, well, like obviously when they sit down with the players or who, like the thing is, it's who's the players are they going to be involved in best on best, and that's another conversation. But like. You don't think when they're listing out their top priorities, of course, make more money, that's going to be number one no matter what. But outside of that, you don't think best on best is going to be at the top of the list for these guys? I think I know the last World Cup, it did not register yeah, but, like yeah. they had hoped. Well, because they did, it was stupid. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it like, was stupid. What are we, like, oh, we had that one electric game with Team North America versus Sweden. That was incredible. But, like, in Team Europe versus Canada in the final, like... like we're going to take your good young players off your How team. about we just put Germany you know? in there or, like, like, Switzerland? Like, it was just so stupid that they did that. But, you know, the other thing that kind of bothers me a little bit, too, and, again, if, if I want to talk about my experience of being a part of the NHL Players Association and having everybody all in, you know, nobody cares about me at the table, you know, back then or third or fourth liners, you got to go and march up to Gary Bettman's office and hold them a little bit accountable. But you need to do it with Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby and all these new young guns getting involved. I'm watching these guys and, you know, you know, the guys that basically hired Marty Walsh or Marty's information in the last month or six weeks has come from guys that are 30 years of age and over, mm-hmm. right? If you look at the guys that got involved in bringing Marty Walsh in, we're talking about Shattenkirk and uh, Ocpozo and Nate Schmidt and Van Riemsdyk. With all due respect to those guys, they're out of the league in two or three years. And they're not big names Mm -hmm. that create a lot of attention where are the big names to to stay involved here like marty marty shouldn't be focusing on Sidney crosby or ovechkin now they're they're done like they're done two years three years four years they got their money they they really care about the future of the next 10 or 15 years no go and talk to hughes go and get Zegris on board. Oh. No, I'm telling you, but that's that's the future. That's the next 10 or 15 years. I get it, but you know this as well as I do that those guys have had everything handed to them and it's just worked out. They are not used to being like, oh, this could go wrong and the, the union could fail us and we could, like, those are not the guys I want to go to on union and worldly issues. I get your point about their name cachet, it is that middle pocket there but, of Drysaddle and McDavid and Matthews and Marner the, and but, yeah, Marner, right? Yeah. Uh, Matthews, like th- yeah. those are big names that, that now can create what their world could look like in the next ten or fifteen years. If you don't pay attention, don't come crying to us. Mm-hmm. Is the basic message here? Yeah, right. They're all crying. Two years ago, during the uh, a year and a half ago in the pandemic, they're all crying about escrow. Uh, like, where were you guys? Yeah. Hello, McFly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm on board. I'm on board. I just know that how my own evolution has gone as a young man to you know a whatever I am now. You know, it's old guy. Old guy. Yeah. I'm an old guy. You know, the evolution is real. Like, you don't understand or care that you need to understand or care. And those guys should. So yeah. maybe they need to cuff yeah. upside the ears by an old guy like me. Yeah, and 
you know, Doug McLean has got some insight into Marty Welsh. You know, he knows people that know people. He speaks very highly of him. Maybe he's the one that can galvanize these guys together and also, again. it doesn't sound like the players are fighting for that much. It's like they want the cap to go up. They want to make some more money. The NHL wants to make more money, too. So you start off as you're not an adversary. You're a, a partner, you know? And I got to remind everybody, like, it's 50-50. Yeah. Like there's really Let's no create a buck and there's split it. really no wiggle room here. Can you imagine if Gary in the like, next we want fifty one? Everyone be well, like, beat well, it. Maybe maybe Gary wants fifty five, forty five. Yeah. How, how would that go over? I mean, publicly, there's no chance they they could not curry favor for making a bunch of money and saying we want fifty one percent. Everyone would be like, uh you double birds. You cannot. There's nowhere to go. Nowhere to go on fifty fifty. Yeah, it's just no one, no one can argue That's that right. they deserve a greater so, portion. So, so why would there ever be a striker lockout ever again? Yeah, I agree with that. That is, there is some comfort in that. Okay. Enough. Questions? Maybe we'll get Marty uh, Walsh on uh, next week. Maybe. Uh, they said maybe, so. All right. We'll see. Cool. I was supposed to be today. Anyways. We'll All continue. right. Where else are you? Uh, uh, tweets. I, uh, I got text. a bunch. I got a bunch of questions here. Um, okay. This one's from Giant Pie 12 <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a handle, Giant Pie 12. Who are the three players in the league that have exceeded your expectations either way this year? Oh, I got two in Edmonton. I uh, just going to say RNH and probably Hyman. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to get 100 points. His career high is like, what, 65 okay. or something? If, if Skinner gives them any type of goaltending like he did last night. They are going all the way. How real are the Edmonton Oilers? Extremely, extremely, like maybe favorites real. The other one for me is Eric Carlson, who I had a career over, like written off. This guy's not the player he once was. The injury ruined him, whatever. He's got seven games to get nine points to hit 100. That's ridiculous. 100 points, defenseman. It's ridiculous. From a team. It is. Wow. Um, He'll be traded in the summer. Oh, yeah? Think so? For sure? I don't know for sure. Well, you you just tell me what you hear, not what you know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, listen. Think about it for a second. You're San Jose. You got a ton of money left on his deal. He's once again at the height of how good he is. Yeah. Even if you get someone to take him. Like, you're you're not trading him this summer? Oh, I am. Is there a better time to trade him? But if I have a no-move clause and I don't care about winning and I live in San Jose... I ain't waving. I'm, I'm tough to move. Well, then, when they ask me to wave, I'm waving back. Yeah. Things, <laughs> I'll be ready. Right things uh, get ugly. I think, what about Quinn Hughes, boys? I'm not leaving. What's oh, he I got? Am. Like uh, 70 points? He's got 72 points. He's a oh, plus 18 Rick on the Vancouver. Put him on the list. They're on f- the Vancouver Canucks playing 25 minutes a night. But the thing is, they don't suck anymore. Wait, the They're West, now one of the best teams in the league. West has been rallying, boys. Yeah, they don't suck anymore. Okay. No. Um, other, another guy? Allmark. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Buffalo gets rid he should of him. He should probably be number one, honestly. 37 and 6 is his record. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a 188. Come on. 
Yeah, one eighty eight. He's gonna really sting, eh, when he get when he sucks in the playoffs. Oh, there, it's gonna hurt really bad. Guess what, Kipper? There is no chance anything bad happens to the perfect Boston Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> they won the president's trophy. Oh, they're going all doing, no, they're perfect. Ooh, they are the perfect right there. Little they're speed perfect. wobbles, eh, boys? They just lost to Nashville. Columbus just took them no tea. They're just a little huh, did you, awfully fast. Did you, you see that? the overtime last night? Uh no. Oh my God! The goal that Pasternak scored oh, on, poor old, on poor old Michael Hutchison, like he was on just a Lind home, on yeah. a Lind home feed, unbelievable pass, tape to tape, like sitting on my couch. I was like, "Oh, what a pass!" Like snap. Hutchison it. should have to give Connor Bedard ten percent of every day's NHL pay he gets right now. And it was like a, a, a hair, a sliver, and somewhere there's offside, right? Yeah, it was, it was cl- just so perfect, tight. tight. And then he just cut to the backhand, and the poor old Hutch was just lying on his back and the pucks in the net. I, I'm going to go one more player here, boys, and I'm going to go with Ilya Samsonov. Mm, leafy. No. Oh, leafy. What are you talking about? I can hear that. This, man, up, this man was non-tendered, sent away by his team. Six and, and he's seven got, on the road. Six and seven he's got, on the road. He's got a top five goals against average in the league. Six and seven on the road. He's getting paid $1.8 million. Homer. That's all right. They at least have home ice advantage in the first round. <laughs> no problem. Second round, we'll talk hey, about Murray. I would be right there with you if we just could have been two games over 500 on the road. Nah, he's a pleasant surprise. Okay. In Kyle Dubas's wettest of dreams, he wouldn't have played this well. <laughs> I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, what else do I got here? Sorry, just let me get my... I had a really good one queued up. Give me two seconds. Can you play the Jeopardy music for me? You used to be able to play it on my cheeks. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> this isn't really a question, but I wanted to make sure both of you guys saw the picture of Cam McDavid. Yes. What is that? That's real? I, Cam McDavid? Connor has a yeah. twin brother? All he has to do is just go into the bars and just, you know, tell everybody he's Connor and he's never paying for anything. Oh, the shame if you did that. The great shame. Okay. This is the one I wanted to ask. I picked it up. Who steps up and scores a big goal against Tampa Bay outside of the big four guys? Uh, Engvall. Pardon? <laughs> Yarn dog. Yarn dog. Yarn dog. Yeah. Kipper, I, yeah. honestly. Not Engvall. Um, yeah, Lafferty. Oh, Lafferty. You know what it probably is, is the guy who's been played a ton all year and is like the bu- gets bullied now by the fan base. Probably Kerfoot. He, <laughs> he shot a couple in lately. He's probably the guy. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys oh. a follow-up on Brooks Kepka oh, because yeah. he went to a podium off of a, a, a live. Bubba Watson's behind him. And did you hear his comments? No. He just he basically doubled up on on everything he did. He's like... Yeah, we have Do to, we, we have that? We have it. Yeah, we oh, have play it. it. Play yeah, it. We, we play. Oh, my God. Amazing. Play What's it. your beef with Aaron Eckblad, and did you bring the cone from home? Uh, I did not bring the cone. And uh, he gave up a bad goal. That was Bubba uh, Watson. bad pass in the third. Diehard Peace fan. And he gave up a bad goal. Um, what, what sport is this? Hockey. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Uh, yeah. He gave up a bad goal. Um at the, uh, I think, midway through the third. And I just felt like if they didn't win that game, they weren't going to win. They weren't going to make the playoffs. So, dedicated fan, man. So, what did Listen. you do? What is a cone he's talking about? What's Bubba Watson? There was a cone. There was a cone that was just outside. So, 
Were you hydrated that night? (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting to it. Absolutely. But yeah, listen, I'm a diehard fan. Whether they look the clip up, is it good? Do it. When uh, your shirt on or off? It's on. Okay. I ain't gonna look at it then. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm a diehard fan, man. When they do something good, I'm the first one to cheer them. I'll text these guys, but uh, diehard, man. Did not text them? I didn't text them, no. I didn't. I did not. Ole Ekba did not like it. I gotta say. I didn't know he was that dedicated, to be honest with you. I respect it, like, not a lot more. But a touch There's more. no worse fan than See, I'm, a, I'm a real fan, he, so that's why I'm he, nasty to the players. He, he doesn't that's such realize, garbage. like, he, he doesn't, he just thinks he's Joe Schmo at, at the game. That's endearing. Which is really strange, but you're right, maybe a little endearing. Yeah, that he, you know, sees himself as a fan of the team or whatever. But, like, that's the worst kind of fan who's like, oh, a thing went wrong. So an integral part of our team, I buried the guy publicly and tried yeah. to embarrass him. I'd still punch him. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Well, and Ekblad is not pleased, so. No, not pleased. Anyways. Also, first time I've ever heard the Panthers called the Peas. Me too. That which makes... we may be doing on this show the going pee. forward. The Peas. The Peas. The Peas go are peas, go. Pittsburgh. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a pee-pee chase over there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we won't go. Maybe. <laughs> you still should apologize to him and take him out golfing. He won't. I got, if, if he apologizes to me, I'd like to play 18 holes with him. He, yeah. I'd I wouldn't listen. mind watching him. Mash the ball. We'll shoot 78. All right. Gord Stellick, Doug McClain, Colby Armstrong on this off the rails Friday. I think uh, it, it proved to be true. Right? Yeah, it was not on the rails. Have a safe weekend, everybody. We're right back here on Monday. Real Kipper and Bourne.